Welcome to Gross Anatomy. We're live, Lauren, with Gross Anatomy. We are live with Gross Anatomy podcast where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I'm joined with the host with most. He looks like he's been working all weekend. Dr. Jason, Jason Cohen. Hey there, Lauren. Hi. And who are you? And I'm Lauren Taylor. Lauren and Taylor. Yes. Today we are recording on the weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend, I guess. Exactly. On Saturday. And you are in the middle of nowhere. Yes. That's that's probably an accurate definition of Oklahoma, if you looked it up. The middle no, not of like that. You're like in, in, the, in a... Uh, and towards the attic, which they have, I don't know, you don't see a lot of in California, but they have a lot of attic space here. Yeah, I like attics. But the other thing, you're kind of in a limbo in your life, too. You're in a very big limbo phase right now, eh? How dark are we about to get, Dr. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Although I think it could be good. Yeah. Who knows? Who does know? Well, I know that I'm speaking to you. We're on the podcast, which I enjoy, so it's going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Or maybe it won't. And nobody knows. And nobody knows. But tell me about, so I was curious, as a doctor, did you choose to work Thanksgiving weekend hoping you could have what well, what would be like a Christmas holiday, but is a Hanukkah holiday for you in particular off since most of your, your partners are all Jewish too, right? So do you like fight so, for the Hanukkah holidays? That's a lot of questions. So I'll try to answer Sorry. it all. So there, right now in our group, there there's seven of us, but there's six of us who take call. Four out of the six are Jewish. So clearly that means one of us, one of the four of us is going to work Christmas. So the way we kind of do it is before the three, the triumvirate, is that, a, is that the right word? Before the Christmas, New Year's, um, Thanksgiving, we kind of say to everybody who, who wants which weekend off. And then the other weekends, theoretically, you could be working. And in our group, we always have a first call and a second call. The first call, the person on call is first call, really does all the work, you know, sees the new consult, sees every patient that we have in the hospital. And if we're doing surgery, acts as the primary surgeon. The backup person, really, unless it gets crazy busy, the backup person's job is only to come in anytime there's a surgery to assist in the surgery. That's kind of a policy of our ours is that no surgeon ever operates alone, So, which is great. So I said I wanted New Year's off because we're planning on doing something with the kids New Year's, knowing that I don't mind working Christmas. And for whatever reason, my partners decided to punish me. But, but I don't actually mind it so much other than the fact that my family and wife minds it. Um, I'm not first call either New Year's, uh, either Christmas or Thanksgiving, I'm backup call for both of those holidays. So what means is I can't really truly relax either Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I'm Mm -hmm. at least not the one here at the hospital running around seeing the patients. But if there's surgery, I'm coming in. And unfortunately, at least so far with this Thanksgiving holiday, I've been in every single day. I've been in, we did one surgery Thursday, one surgery yesterday, and so far one today. And I think we're going to have one tomorrow as well. So are there any like emergency surgeries related to the, to the holidays? Remember we did a podcast about like, you know, what holidays like cause what random surgeries? Yeah. Well, you know, 
I, I, I don't, I want to post it. I, I think maybe we'll put it on our only fans that we have, but um, Thursday night, I get a text from my partner showing me a picture, a CAT scan, an abdominal CAT scan with a patient that had this thing that shouldn't be there in their abdominal x-ray, in their abdominal scan. And basically what it was, was a rectal foreign body that a patient had put up there and it got stuck up there. And I thought he was joking. You know, I thought it's Thanksgiving, it's, it's, it's mid-afternoon, getting ready for dinner. I'm cooking uh, with the family, getting ready. And he sends me this x-ray. I'm like, oh, he's kidding. And he's like, I wish I'm kidding. And sure enough, we after luckily we were able, I mean, luckily, uh, the OR wasn't ready for us till the evening. So we had dinner, we were relaxing, and then it was time to go in and get this rectal foreign body out. That was actually a, a huge dildo uh, mm-hmm. out, out of this patient's rectum. Wow. That sounds uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yeah, pretty nuts. And, and, and my family, who I said, listen, I have to go do this. Everybody's asking me, you know, do you talk to the patient? What do you say to the patient? And the truth is I was just assisting. So I didn't even meet the patient other than to come in and help in the operating room. So the interesting thing about rectal foreign bodies, though, are not always when the patient's awake, you can't get them between the patient being uh, uncomfortable and being uh, tense, physically tense, and all the muscles are tightened up and them not being relaxed. You can't almost never can you get it out with the patient awake. But once a patient goes to sleep under general anesthesia, everything kind of relaxes. And, and so far in, in my experience, I've, I've only done it three or four times, rectal foreign body cases, we've been able to remove them just through the anus, you know, just trans, trans rectally. But there's, but we prepare and get ready. If we can't get it out, then we actually have to open their abdomen and get it out through their abdomen because we have to go into the colon, which is oh a big deal. So, but luckily, that sounds like a really big deal. Like the chance of infection and all of that. Oh, for sure. It's a big deal. And even occasionally a patient may wind up needing a temporary colostomy where the stool comes to the, to the end of the skin to a bag, depending on what happens, what kind of foreign bodies up there. So, wow. This should be like a cautionary tale. Like being really careful what you do. Yeah. I, I, the most recent one after this I removed was a, a cue ball, you know, from pool. Uh, and that also came out uh, just once the patient was asleep under anesthesia. God, thankfully for them, I can't imagine having to like have a bag after like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then how do you explain it? But I, but I guess there's always ways to explain it. But oh, right. I think the patient's fine and, and hopefully I'll have, we'll be able to laugh about it or, or, or uh, I don't know. Right. Well, and the, yeah. interesting thing, the interesting thing is, is all the nurses said, what do you do with the thing when you remove it? And you actually have to send it to pathology for them to kind of log it in as something, you know, that was removed to show that it was there, you know, so, so you send it off to the pathologist and, and they comment on it. And which is a interesting thing. I wonder, I don't know, like if the patient wanted it back, would they be able to get it back? Probably, I guess, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Well, so, all right. So someone was having a holiday fun that turned not fun, perhaps, I guess you could say, Exactly. but uh, the patient's okay. That's what matters most. 
patient's totally fine and and uh you know bizarre experience but every but everything worked out uh the nice thing is, is i got to see one of my favorite scrub texts that evening i i came in and we did a little post together on our on our story instagram story he's been a, he's been at cedars his name is Dwayne. he's been at cedars for years and he's just always he's just a just such a great guy but, but he's a talented guy and so it was nice seeing him uh, Thanksgiving, you know, the night of Thanksgiving here, um, we go way back. Cause I, when I first started out, I used to do tons of emergency surgery. I'd always be here every night, practically it seemed like, and it was a joke that my set OR operating time was late at night. So, so it was nice seeing him cause I used to see him all the time. And now I luckily, since I have partners and don't do as much emergency work, I, I don't see him that often. So it was nice. It was really great seeing Dwayne. That's good. Look at you looking at the positive, working through the holiday weekend. Got to look at the positive, although I'm tired and, and I'm sleeping. Okay. I'm just tired. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm tired. I was I'm not well, sure. Three surgeries makes sense while you're tired and possible one tomorrow. Yeah. It sounds like we're doing another one tomorrow. Yeah. So hopefully on the Hanukkah, I guess you won't have to work as much. Right. Hanukkah is a week from now. Yeah. So who knows, but then I'll be on for, uh, again, I'll be around back doing this Christmas, I guess. Okay. Well, we wanted to just briefly talk about a few things. Uh, it's still men's health month and you still have your beard, which looks yeah, great. It's, yeah. It's going pretty, it's going gangbusters. I, I had the goatee and now I'm just being lazy and letting it go. So, and I don't know that he did it as part as, as part of men's health month, but President Biden underwent his first physical of since being president. So he had a colonoscopy and that gave Kamala Harris presidential powers. The first woman to have presidential powers for 82 minutes. I guess that's how long it took to get him the anesthesia and wake him up. That's how long she had it, which I thought was cool. I mean, it's also a reminder to get checked if you're a male and uh, that women, women can have presidential powers for at least 82 minutes. There you go. We had a female president for 82 minutes. That is very, very cool. Yeah, I thought so. And um, apparently he got a pretty good clean bill of health. I think he's got some reflux. They reported that he has been uh, coughing more than normally. Oh. And uh, I guess they took a, but not some kind of polyp or something from his colon, but I guess it was benign, which leads me to this. You had referenced on our last podcast and I published it because I assumed you wanted it on there. You said that you got a full body scan, but that no cancer was detected, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. Do you want to elaborate further or is it too personal? No, totally. Um, Just like taking a picture, you know, what people don't realize is just because you have a scan, the scan is only as good as the resolution of the scan. And it's just a picture and it's a snapshot in time only and then it's read by people. So, and it only is good as, as maybe up to seven or eight millimeters. Anything smaller, it doesn't really show. And when cancer first starts out, it's cellular. So it doesn't show any obvious, when you have a clear scan, theoretically, you may still have teeny tiny stuff, you know, several millimeter things brewing and lurking and growing. And it's not perfect for everything. It wouldn't show colon polyps. It's not good for that. So it's really only good for obvious things. And it's a good screening tool. But by no means could someone say, oh, I had a scan. I'm cancer free. It just means 
there's nothing obvious and lurking around. So, you know, both okay. my parents, both my parents died fairly young from lung cancer. So that, that was my main reason for, I hadn't had a follow-up CT scan uh, in a while. So I, I thought I was due and uh, at least luckily there's nothing big and obvious lurking and, and I do it every few years. So the good thing about scans are you compare them, you know, a lot of, a lot of, it's about, it's not just about a moment in time. It's about comparing to the old scan. So, but again, there's always other stuff and, and who knows. And Okay. So the, so there was no real reason for alarm. You're just saying, saying in general, there's only so much that they can catch. In a there's only so scan. much they could catch, but it's a nice screening tool. Okay. And just talking a little bit about polyps uh, in the colon, the, in, interestingly, the, the same patient who had a rectal foreign body had a little rectal polyp that we removed at the same time that I think is going to turn out to be nothing as well. But the, the thing about polyps and the reason why we do, should do colonoscopies is that we do know that polyps have this natural progression. And they start out, and, and it's just basically a growth. Uh, you know, it, it's like a stalk growth that grows, that comes off of the mucosa, off of the uh, inside of the colon. And we really know that it starts out as benign, totally normal. And then if ignored, it then starts to get irregular looking. And then if ignored more, it starts to get even more irregular and precancerous, and then will turn into cancer. And that's why people depending on what age and family history, whether it's 40 or 45 or 50, depending on different things, should certainly by 50, for sure, get a colonoscopy. And uh, and that's why polyps are removed, because if left mm-hmm. alone, they can potentially turn to cancer. And that's very important um, for Movember to remember. So thank you for sharing that. Right. And, um, and reviewing Joe Biden's colonoscopy, he had the the earliest form of the polyp that was removed called a tubular adenoma, which is benign. But again, if left alone, if, if that tubular adenoma is left alone, it could eventually turn into cancer. Right. And that report I read means he would need to get it checked again in seven to 10 years, but shouldn't he have a colonoscopy every year now? So, so it all depends on how many polyps and, and the extent of the polyps and, and, and their different recipes and plans and, protocols, whether or not his next one should be in one year, three years, or five years uh, should be his next colonoscopy. It it all depends. Sometimes seven years, 10 years, it it really all depends on what else they find. Was it just a single, small, teeny tiny polyp and and the feeling of the GI docs and what else is going on with it? Okay. That's good to know. Um, Something else that you brought up uh, that just happened yesterday was Stephen Sondheim died. And uh, what's your favorite musical by him? It's a no-brainer. You, you, you should even be able to guess. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I, it's actually one of my, fa- it's not just a favorite musical. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And or No, play. he didn't even do Oklahoma. I was just oh, really? kidding. Uh, I didn't know that. No, uh, he actually, so I was reading about him and he worked with, um, how do you say it? Hammerstein, uh, Oscar Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Yeah, Oscar yeah. Hammerstein. Yeah. So he he did Oklahoma, but he worked with him on that. That was like his first big break. But yeah, he oh, didn't, wow. he's. I think he just you know got to work with him. My favorite oh. favorite of all time is West Side Story. West Side Story. So I, okay, I would have guessed that. He just did the lyrics for that though. 
I was learning. Right. And and I think his main thing was a lyric. I actually the I don't lyrics. know. He did the music and the lyrics, or he often just did the lyrics. I'm no, sure. I think that was his big break as a lyricist. And then from what I can tell, he did the music, um, he did like the composition for like Into the Woods, which is probably like my that's a good one on this list. Sweeney Todd, Follies, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Sunday in the Park with George. So I mean, just like a lot of them. But yeah, West Side Story. I mean, beautiful. And it's coming out on my birthday, December 10th. I know, which is crazy. And so you're going to see it opening night for your birthday? I don't know. It's a Friday night and we do family Friday Shabbat. So unless I like take the day off and we go and I go with my kids. Oh, that birthday. could be fun. You could go see it early like a matinee. Maybe, although probably not. I, I am very much looking forward to seeing that. It's it's one of the, the, the trailers have looked great. I was also, though, looking forward to seeing Dune and it and it let me down. Right. Did you see Dune? Did we talk about that? I maybe you need to see this in the theater. Like maybe you really need to just right. go. I saw Dune in the theater and I was let down. Oh, I forgot you did see that in the theater. I, saw, I watched it at home. I had to pause it a few times just to figure out what's going on. Right. I'm way more excited for West Side Story than I am for Dune. So uh, I'm hoping it doesn't let me down, but you never know. I know what you mean. I almost hate getting that excited for movies because it's hard not to get let down. Yeah, I did that for the whole Star Wars prequels, you know, with Hayden Christensen. And and that was, those were major letdowns. Yeah, I'm not that into Star Wars, so I wasn't that let down, but I feel like your opinion is uh, the majority opinion on those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of that and like uh, Sondheim, who I guess, um, have you seen the trailer for Tick, Tick, Boom? It's on Netflix. You know, it's funny. You Why, why are you mentioning that? Well, because I just realized that uh, I guess Lin-Manuel Miranda said that that was like kind of it's his tribute to Jonathan Larson, who wrote Rent. But Jonathan Larson loves Sondheim. And so it's like a tribute to both of them. And it's funny that like that just came out and then he just died. And when Rent came out, Jonathan Larson died. Like he came out or before like opening night, he died, which was his huge musical. He was young. He died of, um, oh, he suffered an aortic dissection believed to have been caused by undiagnosed Marfan syndrome. So I don't know if you want to explain any of that to our audience, but I remember loving that musical and not knowing that he died. Loving which music? Rent. Yeah. Until way after. I didn't know he didn't. You know, like, I was like, I wonder what he's going to do next. I didn't know, like, he spent so much of his life on this musical and he didn't even get to see how much people love it. And I just, it's a tragedy. So Take Take Boom I, I, is, I guess, about him. It stars Andrew Garfield. It's uh, playing Did you watch him. it? Did you watch no, it? No, I just watched I just watched the trailer, but I feel like it's going to be too sad. I mean, I guess it's not that sad in the sense that people love what he did and they love him. And it'd just be nice if he got, was here. Yeah, so... It's it's interesting. You know, I also I loved Rent. I thought it was great. And so the other day I was flipping through the channels with my youngest daughter and her boyfriend. That's crazy to say that my youngest 15 year old daughter is a boyfriend, Um, but he's a good kid. And we were flipping through and I just turned and I knew what Tick Tick Boom was. So I turned it on and they both made me turn it off. (laughs) Oh, they didn't want to watch musical? Yeah, especially that kind of musical, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's very it's very theatrical, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. artsy, even though it was Andrew Garfield, who looks amazing in it. Um, But I, I, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, I'm kind of a a geeky theater kind of guy. And 
unfortunately, none of my none of my family are. So, um, yeah, I definitely used to be more into musical theater than I am now. So I I can get why your daughter would be like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Yeah, but I didn't. But I was telling them I I didn't really get into musical theater until or any theater in in general until college. So you know, neither of them are in college, and and uh, you know, I liked theater and I liked move. I loved movies before college, but in college, I kind of ventured out, you know, as an art major, and I and I did a little theater too, and so I really, I really fell in love with theater in college. Yeah. Well, even if I don't watch it, which I probably will eventually, I like that it was made about this. Um, I mean, to put together Rent, to put together a musical like that, I can't imagine how hard it is uh, and how stressful it is. And so I kind of always thought, I thought he died of like a brain aneurysm. And I was wondering if that was like somehow related to stress. Like, I don't know if you can actually prove that kind of stuff, but I don't know what, uh, what is Marfan syndrome? Marfan syndrome, you know, some people think that, uh, President Lincoln had Marfan syndrome, and it has to do with being tall, some or something. So that's one of the giveaways. You know, people who are giants, or or you know, thought are thought maybe to have people who are really super tall. Maybe it's a trigger to think maybe they have Marfan syndrome, and it's it's basically it's a connective tissue disorder. and and I don't know all the pathology and physiology about it, but patients tend to whoever have that connective tissue disorder tend to have tall stature, and then they tend to have weaknesses in their joints and in their blood vessels and 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 in the the collagen system, the connective tissue um, that that keeps someone together. And you really don't necessarily think about Marfan syndrome unless someone's necessarily tall you know they could also have heart abnormalities and there's certain facial and, and body characteristics that might um right my, my husband was saying in. they thought mike michael phelps had it but he's always saying that he doesn't have it or i don't know Maybe. he was and saying that again, that's something michael thought, phelps has to do to tell people he doesn't suffer from yeah, and and some people said again that that Lincoln had it maybe because he was also uh, had had certain height, and, and there are all these different types of disorders that could lead to being tall, and then having okay. other things associated with them or not. Right, and to be honest, I don't know if Jonathan Larson who created Rent. It was even tall. Like Andrew Garfield doesn't seem tall, so maybe it's not a part of the story. He does not seem tall. Who knows? But could be good. Could be Just good. Getting good reviews. Um, yeah and then i do want to go t- to the theater the new ghostbusters is out what else is out something else so, let's, coming. so i that you know interestingly we had someone over for dinner last night and i now and then i get it lately i haven't in a while but now and then i get it um our good friends their mom was in town and said you know has anyone ever told you you kind of look like paul rudd Ooh, sexiest man alive right, and that's what she, she said that- to me Wow, what a compliment. Yeah. So I, I love that she said that to me last night. And and that's uh uh Ghostbusters, because he's in the new Ghostbusters. Yes, he is in the new Ghostbusters. Sexiest man alive. I think he's having some fun with that title and you know, kind of making fun of himself. But uh and the only other interesting thing about that is in the original Ghostbusters that we wanted to discuss it was Dan Aykroyd. 
Oh, right. I forgot about that. Dan Aykroyd's brother died. Exactly. It's a good way to spin it all together. And so his brother died, who had been a writer on Saturday Night Live. Peter Aykroyd. Yes, he was a writer for SNL. I just heard on the news that Dan Aykroyd, in his comments, said that um, it was related to untreated an untreated hernia, which is which is interesting. I always forget you can die from a hernia. Right. So I see way more hernias than I want to. I, the, you know, the two things I do the most of are thyroid and parathyroid surgery. And then after that, probably hernia surgery is what I do a lot of more than I care to. But I I tend to do a lot because I tend to do a lot. So when they know you do a lot of it, they send that your way. So um, a hernia is a weakness, a tear, a defect in the layers over the muscle. And through that tear or defect, things could bulge through. And as long as it's able to bulge and then go back in and bulge and go back in, you're fine. But if theoretically through that tear or defect or hole, a piece of intestine bulges through and gets stuck and doesn't go back in, then it could become life-threatening because that piece of intestine could kind of get, could get trapped and squeezed and start losing its blood supply and then turn the word is strangulated and then it could get gangrenous and the intestine could basically die. And just like you have a heart attack, if you have an intestine attack, that could be fatal. And, and that I'm, I'm just speculating, I'm guessing, because I, I did not take care of uh, Dan Aykroyd's brother, but that, that must, might be what happened to him. It's hard to say for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's terrible. Another reason to get your checkups. If something hurts, get it checked out. Right. But the one thing is, is just because you have a hernia doesn't automatically mean you need surgery. And that's what I tell a lot of patients. But then I wind up the ones I don't operate on. I always say to them, I don't want you disappearing. I want to see you periodically once or twice a year. I say for the next hundred years is kind of my shtick that I say. And then some patients after a while get bored of me. Some come in and we just schmooze and I examine them. And most of the time we could just keep an eye on things, but occasionally it's time to do surgery. Right. Yeah. Okay. A lot of good lessons in this podcast. A lot of holiday lessons, holiday cheer. (laughs) Holiday cheer. And the only other thing I'm going to end with is that I do want to see this movie called Licorice Pizza. Me too. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. I think our audience should know about that one. That one's not as like hyped. It's way me too. What? It looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I always love his films. So hopefully I'll see that this weekend and I'll report back on our next podcast. Yeah. I really want to see that movie. And it's, and it's like a tribute to California too, to LA also a little bit. It looks like. Yeah. He's the Paul Thomas Anderson's LA homegrown. So yeah, no, I'm very, very excited for that. All right. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy on this, on this holiday weekend. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.